Good morning. It's Sunday, January the 16th, and I'm Weema Love, and I'm here in Tennessee visiting my mom who's still in the hospital. And as soon as I finish being with you, I'll go be with her for the day. Uh, so it's wonderful to have you. So we are reading still from Wisdom is Bliss by Robert Thurman, and it's a book he wrote, just published in 2021, and it's a wonderful book about the Four Noble Truths and the Eightfold Path. It's wonderful because I really like his writing, and uh, he comes from the Tibetan tradition, so sometimes he's wording something a little differently than we're used to seeing, and it's it's the these are the basics for all Buddhists, no matter what tradition. And I think looking at his uh, take on it and one this interpretation is really uh, really good for really looking at it because it might his style of writing is very interesting and his uh, uh, kind of modern approach and some of the phrases he chooses to use and explains why. I think it's it's really kind of widening the scope. Um, so it's good to see so many of you. So he is, I'll start. I'm reading more in this chapter than I thought I would, but I think I'll be through with this chapter. And then a realistic samadhi. Uh, samadhi is that stability of mind, that very, very settled, calm mind. Oh, let me find my the best place to start in here. So he's been talking about we've been he's been talking from the four foundations of mindfulness, the Satipatthana Sutta. It's uh, kind of a standard, basic, and it's good to see that it's the same one the same sutta he uses to discuss uh, mindfulness. So this is a good recap. To recap, realistic view is knowing the Four Noble Truths, processes of causation of suffering and the cessation of suffering. Motivation is nonviolence, free generosity, and non-alienation. Speech is honesty, diplomacy, sweetness, and meaningfulness. Evolutionary action, which we often call uh, uh, effort, is non-killing, non-stealing, non-abuse of sexuality, and livelihood is ethical living. He called. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, creativity, creativity is what he what we often call effort. Right effort. So, uh, evolutionary action is 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 that right action? The is the non-killing, non-stealing, non-abuse of sexuality. Creativity or effort is clearing the mind of negativity and sustaining the positive. Mindfulness 
is lucid waking awareness of what is, experiencing it fully without craving and worrying. And realistic concentration is moving into expanded embodiment through moving the mind up through the divine abodes of immense love, compassion, joy, and equanimity. The four contemplations that open for the patients, their own, and the patients are the Buddha is the doctor and we're the patients. He's the teacher, we're the students. But this model is like a, the, a model with a physician's visit. Let's see, where did I stop? The four contemplations, which are, uh, we know them as metta, karuna, upeka, and mudita. So the four contemplations that open for the patients their own inner heavenly nature, which then can manifest right here on earth too. I will return to the eighth of the Eightfold Path in the next chapter. So he talks about uh, samadhi, or concentration, realistic concentration. It, and that's, he's, we're not in that chapter yet, so that's why he's saying he'll, he'll discuss that more in the next chapter. The Buddha concludes this discourse, this guided therapeutic meditation, by telling the patients that they can attain the nirvanic cessation of freedom from suffering in either seven years or even seven days. That is really encouraging, though we must remember he is addressing mendicants. And those are the people who have dropped out from society to just focus on learning, thinking, and realizing lucid, waking mindfulness all the time. We all tend to be a bit more distracted, what with multitasking, working, taking care of family, and diverting ourselves all too easily. So maybe we need something more like 49 days. And we read that, that was, we read that yesterday too. In another discourse in the universal vehicle context, the Bodhisattva Manjusri leads a divine student through a more explicit self-transcending version of the four focuses of mindfulness. Divine being, moreover, when bodhisattvas observe the body and focus mindfulness, they know that the body of the past was unborn. They know that the body of the future is not accessible. And they understand that the present body is similar in essence to grass, trees, walls, rocks, or visual aberrations. When they observe the body, they understand that the nature of the body is non-arising, and so they do not instigate any contemplation that involves notions of the body. Those who do not instigate contemplation will not dwell on any concerns. Free from concerns, and with a consciousness that does not dwell, they train in observing the body and focusing mindfulness on it. Yet they neither cultivate nor eliminate anything at all. Having understood that all things are without reality, 
they observe the body with the understanding that the mind that observes the body is also just like a magical illusion or an echo. With this wisdom, they are neither attached to pleasant sensations nor hostile to painful ones. And since they are also not confused with respect to sensations that are neither painful nor pleasant, they are not predisposed to ignorance. When they are no longer transported by sensations, then this is their focus of mindfulness on the observation of sensations. As they observe and dwell on sensations, their minds are not moved by any movement of their sensations about things, and as their minds therefore do not dwell upon anything, they do not disabandon, discard, or relinquish the spirit of enlightenment. This is their focus of mindfulness on the observation of the mind. With their knowledge of things actualized, they observe things. At that point, they are free from mindfulness and contemplation, and so they understand things' intrinsic nature. They no longer entertain any notions, contemplations, views, or entanglements with respect to body, sensations, mind, or things. This is their focus of mindfulness on the observation of things. So, and that was almost more like poetry than, uh, so if, if that was, uh, if that explains itself, he's just kind of going through a different way of, uh, this is when Manjushri is just teaching, teaching a student, a divine student, about these steps of mindfulness. So that's most of the end of this chapter. He does have a, a really short section in it on the Buddha's therapeutic protocol. And then modern Western chauvinism is a hindrance to scientific success. So um, we might maybe that's something we can read on Tuesday. But then that's the end of the chapter. So why don't we sit together if anyone has a question about what we read what i read today seems like we kind of read speedily through that but if you have questions please uh it's perfectly okay to ask your questions so why don't we sit use our time to sit and then i hope you have then the rest of your weekend Today's Sunday, isn't it? Well, the last day of your weekend. I hope it's, I hope you have a chance to stick your head out the door or get out in nature. I think there's so many messages and I feel they're in this book quite a lot and they're all through the Buddhist teachings that being in nature is a very good way for us to see, to not only understand all of these principles, we see them, we observe them, and being in nature, I think, helps us back away a little bit from all of the, you know, all of our creature comforts. And uh, just to be out in nature, to see the essence of everything. And 
we can get so wrapped up in the comforts, uh, you know, all of the all of the things that we have and the comfort we have and the insulation and isolation from from the world. And so I think I think getting out in nature is something that we we can prescribe for every one of us and think of how you you can enhance that and spend a little bit more time out in nature. I think that helps make a shift. So I know in the dark days of winter when it's too cold to get outside, that's, uh, uh, at least in uh, northern Illinois, when it's too cold to get outside, if that lasts for more than a day or two, most people are really... uh, delighted even though it stays cold to finally just okay just bundle up layer up and get out in it and it just it's psychologically it's good for us but I think spiritually in regards to the relationship to the Buddhist teachings uh, being out in nature is a really significant thing doesn't mean you have to start going snow skiing or doing some uh, uh, get into a new sport it just means being outside Get, get out and take a walk, do some walking meditation. Uh, get out and just breathe a little bit different air. So why don't we sit now? We'll, we'll be breathing, speaking of breathing. <laughs> so there's so much good material in this, and I know there's so much good material in whatever you've been reading or watching or listening to. So let's just be with the body. Be aware of the body breathing. And really allow your body to make it possible for that breathing to be just as... You can just breathe your normal breath. No, you don't need to exert extra force. But if our lungs have as much space as they need to expand, we're just naturally breathing deeper. So just be with that breath and just let the breath calm your mind. And be aware of everything coming in through your sense doors. We begin to see how our different senses, depending on the input, the data coming through those sense doors. It begins to affect our body, the feelings, the sensations in our body, and it can affect the emotions. Well, it always affects the emotions.
And just be aware of the body breathing. We can feel gratitude for the body breathing. For the clean air most of us have and take for granted. We're looking at all of these inputs into our sense doors. Right, right now, we're not practicing it like that deep uh, concentration, that focus on any one object. We're with our bodies. We're aware of sound, taste, smell, hear, uh, contact. And we're aware of the thinking in our heads. If we, if your eyes are closed, we've just cut out that one um, visual sense door. Although I'm sure you still see light behind your eyelids, maybe some color. But that just gives us a little break from maybe having too much sense overload and being aware of all of those things coming into us including our thoughts because our brain our mind our thinking is a sense organ then we can just be with that. Just see if there are sensations in the body that arise or subside. Be aware of the thoughts going through your head without a need to get caught up in them. You can just observe the thought, maybe observe the essence of the thought or the quality of the thought. Is it pleasant? Is it unpleasant? and then just let it go. And come back to the breath.
And it can be a good practice to just use the counting of the breaths. And in the book we've been reading, Robert Thurman recommends counting to ten. Let each complete breath be one number. And mentally count. And when you get up to ten, then you can start over again at one. And if you lose count, then that means you've become, your mind has become distracted and that's good for you to see. And then you just start over with one again. Just allow your mind to settle and be calm. Let's do a short metta practice. May I be well. May I feel safe. 
May I be truly happy and find contentment. May I be at peace. Remember, you can stay with yourself if you're going through something or if you feel you haven't been loving and kind to yourself lately. Just stay with your own. Keep the practice maybe very personal for now. And you can expand out later when you feel more love for yourself. If you want to move forward, then we send out the same loving-kindness, this friendliness to our loved ones, our family members, our colleagues that we're close to, our dear friends and our noble friends. May all my loved ones be well and feel safe in this world. May they know true happiness and true contentment. May they be free from suffering and the causes of suffering. And may they be at peace. Now may all beings everywhere be free from suffering and the causes of suffering. May they be free from fear and worry and anxiety, free from hunger and thirst and the extreme weather with our climate change. May all beings be able to care for themselves or be cared for lovingly by others. And may all beings know peace. So thank you for being with me. May everything you do today and say and think be done not only for our own benefit, but for the benefit of all other living beings. So thank you for being here with me, and have a beautiful day, and I'll see you Tuesday. Bye-bye.